You're listening to Evoke, a podcast that inspires people to share their stories. Because although we all have unique struggles, we get through it together. Here are your co-hosts, Bracken Level and Brandon Paxton. All right, welcome back to the show, everybody. We're so excited to be here with Jordan. I'm honored to have her here. We kind of grew up together, went to school our whole lives, and um, I'm super excited. She's such an inspirational person, and I um, have really loved kind of following her life, but um, I'm excited for you all to get to meet her. So, Jordan, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit? My name's Jordan. Uh, like Brecken said, we grew up together. Um, grew up in a small town, and um, <clears throat> moved away and I've been uh, where I am now for about six years now. Um, I have two kids, a little boy and a little girl, and they are the light of my lives. That's so awesome. I think kids are the best ever. Um, yeah, for sure. What changed in your life since since you had kids? Like, um, Everything, basically. <laughs> Yeah. I don't think there's anything that doesn't change. Um, I mean, just from day to day to day life to like who you are as a person, how you view the world. Um, even my relationship with my own parents, I feel like becoming a parent, I, I realized like, wow, this is a really hard job. Like I need to cut my parents a little bit of slack, <laughs> kind of not hold so many things against them because this is, yeah really 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 hard job yeah for sure for sure i can respect that a lot i i really really appreciate parents i think it's a really hard yes, job and yes. and for sure yeah I, I i appreciate all parents i think it's awesome when you have awesome parents but when you can see and realize you know that it's such a hard job you can understand um you know what parents go yes. through and that we're all imperfect so that's so cool um, so what are, what are you doing now? What, what's, I mean, other than your children, what's, you know, what's your life like right now? Um, well, I work full time as the front office manager at a hotel in Stanley. Um, that takes up quite a bit of my time. Uh, so I work every day and then I come home, I get the kids and that's basically our life. Um, it's summertime now. We're finally getting warm weather. So that means we're going to be going to the lakes and swimming. And hopefully that way we'll get into swimming lessons this summer because, yeah, I um, I actually don't know how to swim. And so I want him to learn how because I don't want him to be afraid of water like I am. So as a mom, a lot of our listeners have kids and they know what it's like. Me personally and, as, and Bracken as well, mm-hmm. we don't know what that's like. What is it, how does, how does caring for another human being, being responsible for another person affect your day-to-day mental health? Um, oh God. Uh, you know, it's really tough. You know, I might get a little bit emotional. Um, it's hard. It leads to like a lot of guilt, I think. Um, I don't know, at least for me personally, I know I parent from like, for some reason, I feel guilty about, gosh, damn near everything, you know, um, just because of, like you said, I, I feel such a tremendous sense of responsibility for uh, how they are going to grow up in this world, who, who they're going to, um, you know, giving them the tools for who they're going to become. And I feel like my childhood was lacking in so many ways. And I, um, 
I see how that affects me as an adult now. And so I, I think it, it, it it's a definitely a big strain, um, you know, because there is really no handbook, like no one tells you this is for sure the right decision to make. It's, well, this could be right or this could be right, but really it's ultimately what you feel is best. And then, so it really is, if something goes wrong, you know, it's kind of on you. So it's, it's a lot. Yeah. I can only imagine how much that would weigh on a person. Yeah, It's a lot of responsibility. Um, You mentioned that you see how your, your childhood affects what you've become as a parent. Mm -hmm. Um, Can we dive a little bit more into that um sure what what was it like for you growing up what was your situation as a kid um so my parents were married when I was born um and then they divorced very shortly after um and unfortunately not too long after that um my mom um started using drugs and um you know I don't think it was that bad at first I don't personally remember or like have a lot of memory of it um because I was so young um but I just I remember her not being there a lot and and as a kid um I don't know I feel like that affects you um I didn't have someone there first of all to teach me like even like, okay, you need to like take a shower and like brush your teeth and brush your hair and like take care of yourself and have a bedtime. And I was allowed to just, I mean, basically do whatever I want. And I feel like that affected my health. Um, and then, you know, just someone to love you and tell you that you're loved. I feel like it's, that, that was a really big thing is I don't feel like I got a lot of that from my mother. And, um, you know, I didn't uh, get the chance to move in with my dad or really even have a life with him until I turned eight or was about to turn eight. And I feel like by then I was just already so I, I had already just taken such a toll on me of really having nobody there other than my my twin sister, Jerry. And I had my little sister, Kara, there after a couple of years and, um, you know, just us taking care of ourselves day in and day out. Um I feel like I had to grow up quicker than a kid should. And I, and those years where you should be playing outside and learning and your ABCs and, and having friends and all that stuff. I was like home alone and taking care of a little sister and out doing who knows what, just whatever I wanted because nobody was there to guide me. So I'm curious at the time, did you feel like, something was missing or or was it years later when you realized oh maybe I did have a little bit too much freedom for sure for sure um that was just normal to me at the time um that was just I thought you know everybody's mom was like that you know there was a lot of things that I didn't even really remember until later like I remember um, when we graduated middle school, we got these all these papers from like from elementary on or whatever, and my whole elementary packet was just uh, letters to my parents about how I just missed days and days on end on end of school, and it's like I don't remember that. Um, I remember going to school and seeing my teachers um, and playing at recess and all that stuff, um, but it it makes sense now why it's still 
when like when my parents put me in school in Montana or in Utah, it was like kids everywhere. I was having such a hard time because I wasn't used to that environment because I was at home so much. And it just even like having rules with my dad was so, so strange and weird to me. I remember the first time that we just went to the park and all of a sudden we're playing and I just hear my dad's truck speeding up to the park and he's like, what the heck are you doing? And we're getting in trouble. And I mean, as weird as it is, that was hard. It was a little bit um, kind of like depressing to go from like no rules to all of a sudden realizing like that there's supposed to be structure in your life and you've just had such a different normal for so long and yeah even now as an adult I'm still realizing just just how kind of not okay it was hmm. you know it's it's super crazy for me to hear that because we interacted a lot you and I did in high school especially um we even lived close and so at, like I it I guess it just goes to show me that like you never you never know what what somebody is dealing with ever and so you know lesson for me to learn or lesson for anybody of one every one of our listeners like you know it first of all reach out to those people be patient with whoever you meet whatever is going on in your life but it's it's crazy because I I you know from my perspective everything was good you you were happy everything but you you truly never do know and so that's super interesting for me lesson learned I guess for sure yeah it's interesting that you you talked about all the things that you're missing in your life as a kid like structure it was you were missing rules somebody to tell you when you need to go to bed when you need to shower what to eat all these things that kids genuinely hate you know as a kid growing up you hate when your parents tell you you need to go shower tell you you need to go to bed tell you you can't go hang out with friends you know as a kid you don't enjoy that but like you said, looking back, you realize that that's what gives your life structure. That's what sets you up for your future. And it's such an important part yes, of your childhood. For sure. Definitely. Um, 100%. It's, I mean, I feel like there are so many habits formed in childhood that you don't even realize all those little things that your parents are doing for you or making you do or making you remember. It, it's setting you up for now you know, as an adult, that's just your, your normal, you know, because that's how you've been taught your whole life. Right. It just made me think, you know, growing up like that, having, having no rules or no structure, how did you go about those next steps of life? You know, once you, you moved in with your father, you got a little bit more rules. Um, What was your life like after switching over from no rules to having those rules you said it was a little bit depressing it was yeah. a hard transition yeah what, what were the sure. next few years like um you know that time period of my life was uh really rough um it wasn't necessarily like a smooth transition moving in with my dad you know it wasn't like a conversation like okay you're gonna go live with your dad now it was just kind of like um you know my dad who I'd only you know unfortunately wasn't very well known to me and I'd only ever seen him you know here and like when we could um you know it was just kind of like we went for another visit and then all of a sudden my mom didn't ever come back for us and uh that was really hard I don't know it was like what in the heck like I as a mother I don't know I could never imagine doing that to my kids ever but 
Um, so you weren't even expecting to no, be living with your father? Nope. It was just, you know, here's the visit. And then one day, you know, all of a sudden she just went back to Colorado and we were there. And um, I I really do love my parents. Um, and when I say my parents, I mean uh, my dad and my stepmom, Maria. I do. I love them and appreciate them so much. But I did not want to be there um, because that wasn't my normal. Um, <clears throat> And um, because that was, you know, the first really time that I'd seen my dad with, you know, being in a relationship even. And it was all of a sudden, okay, now you're going to go live with your dad. And and then not only that, but then he's going to have a new wife. And then right away, a few months later, you're going to have a new baby brother. And it's going to be all these things. And you're going to have rules. And I don't know. um, I feel like a lot of it... um, I, I feel like sometimes I wondered or felt like a bad kid, um, partly from like, you know, my mom not ever wanting to see me and partly from like always being in trouble because I wasn't very good at following rules because I'd never done it before. And um, yeah, I just remember that being a really hard time. I remember crying a lot with Jerry. Um, it was, re- I don't know, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have gone through it if I didn't have her. I don't think, I think sometimes I know that's why God made me a twin because I would never have made it through my childhood without her. I don't think. Yeah. What a blessing. That's, yeah. that's cool. And, and, you know, we were talking a little bit before we started here. It, it's, it was, yeah. it, it was cool to, to watch you guys. Cause I think from my perspective, anyway, you had a really close relationship and, Oh, Sure. So, yes. you know, to, to hear some of the feelings that you had and some of the things you went through, I bet it was awesome to have somebody there that truly understood. For sure. I think that, and I think that's the biggest thing is, um, she really understood. We understood each other, you know, mm-hmm. what we, what, what we were going through and what it, what we were feeling at the time. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So, you you're quite the mental health advocate i i've noticed i i think that is amazing that's what we're trying to do here um what is it that that pushed you in that direction you know what what are what are some of where did that, where did that start i guess you know i really think the very first thing and again god i love my parents so much but um the very first thing was um i remember when i was 12 or maybe 11 eighth grade age and that was when I rebelled hardcore I was going through a lot um some really hard things were happening at that time in my life and I remember my uh the principal we had at the time she told me that I should maybe maybe see a therapist or think about it um and I remember asking my parents if I could and I you know they kind of almost like laughed it off and I, I, I almost felt like they were treating me like I was like trying, almost trying to get attention for it. Like, oh, I'm so sad. Everything's so hard for me. I need attention kind of thing. And, and I feel like, um, just remembering that makes me realize like there is, I don't know, even people forget, even young children, even me when I was, you know, eight, nine moving in with my dad, like we can experience like mental health issues. We can experience traumas that, that we don't know how to deal with. Like 
I mean, even let alone express, like, I didn't even know how to tell my dad. I mean, and I, it, it was a hard situation. I feel like my parents really wanted to maybe sweep under the rug. And um, I don't really blame them for that. But I just remember how much it hurt that nobody believed me that I needed help. And um, then even getting older, I just, I wonder, as an adult, I wondered, how did no one see or realize what I was going through, or how much I was hurting, or, you know, that I wasn't, even my parents, you know, like, I wasn't just a bad kid, I just didn't know how to ask for help. And I sometimes wondered why they didn't ever see that, why they didn't ever get me that help. And I realize it's because maybe they didn't understand or even know, you know, they didn't understand what I was going through. They didn't know that the signs of, uh, you know, me being sad, me being depressed, me being anxious, me not knowing what's up, what's down, where I'm supposed to be going in life, who I am, like why things have happened to me and or even understand like how the things that did happen to me affected me. I don't think they realized like the weight that that put on me. And it's just, I don't know. I think it's so untalked about that even people can't even recognize it in their own children. And that is just, that's not right. If you were to give somebody advice, I guess, or some tips on, on how to look for that in their children or, or even in, in friends, loved ones, anybody really, what are some things to look for? Um, I, I do think, um, like my acting out and my bad behavior, a lot of it was kind of, um, for attention because I didn't really know any other way to like, let my parents know what was wrong. Um, I think a lot of like, I had a really hard time. Like I was, I, I lied constantly. I was always lying to my parents. Um, I, I just could never be honest with them about anything. I never opened up with them. I always wanted to spend all my time in my room in the dark. I, I never wanted to wake up. I mean, there were times where my parents would have to like be like, dude, you, you have to get in the shower. Like, what are you doing? This is gross. Like get in the shower. And you know, times where they'd have to be like, okay, you can't, you, it's time to wake up. And it's just, I feel like in, in a lot of parents' minds, and, and it's hard because a lot of that is normal, you know, teenagers and kids don't want to wake up and they want to sleep in. And like you said, they don't want to get in the shower and do all these things. Um, but I think there comes a point when like, I, you know, I didn't want to spend time with my family. Like that sounded, I didn't want to be with my parents I didn't it got to the point where sometimes I didn't even want to be around Jerry like I just wanted to be completely by myself alone um and and I think that is um definitely something to look for um struggling to make friends for sure um I had a hard time and I think it's because definitely um once I hit like 11 and I started experiencing things in my life that that were really hard for me to understand. I, I had no clue how to even relate to people, like even at school. 
or like how to even talk to them or what was normal anymore. And I feel like I acted out with a lot of like inappropriate behavior. I think that's something to look for. Like, um, like physically inappropriate behavior in young kids is definitely something to look for. Um, stuff like that. That's interesting to think about it from that perspective, because think about being in a parent situation, you know, obviously you understand this more than Brandon and I do, but, but from a parent's perspective or even from just an outsider looking in, it's like, okay, why would you, you know, why do you not want to be with your closest friends and family? Why do you, why do you not want to be with your twin sister or why, why are you acting out? Like, why won't, why don't you want to take a shower? Like shower feels good. You're, you're clean. But even just thinking on that for a second, you know, like kind of let it just, just sit and think like, why, what, what, what's, what's the purpose? Obviously something's going on. And so that, that's really yeah. interesting for me to hear from your perspective. Um, but no, I think that's, I think that's great advice too, for something, you know, for parents to sit back and think, okay, there's a reason for this. But yeah, so obviously you're not living with your parents now. Um, what, how has it been since? Have you been able to find help with that? Have you been able to seek support? What's, what's, what's happened since then? Um, as far as, are we talking in regards to like me and my parents? Your mental health my journey, mental health? I guess, is a, a good cliche way to say it. Um, yeah. So actually it was my stepmom's Maria, her sister, Lacey, who, um, I moved in with her and, um, if it, oh gosh, it was a horrible, horrible time. I would literally work and sleep and that was it. Um, and cry all the time. And I remember her telling me, well, one thing she told me was like, dude, like no one's going to help you by yourself. So like, you need to just get up and help yourself. Like, I don't, she's, she, I remember her saying like, I'm sorry. I don't know a nice way to put it, but like, you need to help yourself. Um, and so I, it was around that time. I was 18 around that time. I want to say maybe almost about to be 19. I went to the doctor, um, just to talk to them about how I was feeling. And they did, um, diagnose me with depression and they put me on. Oh, I can't remember what the first thing I was on. I don't remember. I just remember um, mm -hmm. Cytolipram. That's what I was on. And I tried a few different things. Um, I was not very good at ever, like, really sticking with it. I, <laughs> I was really bad at, like, taking my medication every day. Um, I didn't like the way it made me feel. Um, I felt almost like, I don't know, fake happy. And I didn't like it. Mm. Um, and right around that time was I kind of just gave up on myself. And that was around the time when I started using drugs to kind of uh, cope. And, um, of course, after getting clean, um, to get clean and stay clean, you kind of have to face the traumas that's made, pushing you to that. Um, and that was when I really knew, like, okay, this is the point where I, I've got to help myself and I've got to get better. Uh, especially because my my kid at the time my son but now kids deserve uh you know a healthy mom who's who's able to give them everything without you know having to take away because of of my own issues um 
And so then I actually talked to my OBGYN. Um, and then I talked to my, uh, my current um, provider who I see now. Um, and I've just been in communication with him since. I've seen a few therapists. I've actually, when I lived with my parents, they sent me to, to see Thurman. Um, He's incredible. He was awesome. Um, yes, he he actually, I was, I honestly was like, I'm never going to see a therapist that is, no, I could never talk to someone like that. Um, and then my parents sent me to him and I was like, oh, this is where it's at. Like, <laughs> I want to do this every day. I want to come here every day. I love this. Um, and I actually am still on the hunt for someone who makes mm-hmm. me feel that good about it. That's super so. cool. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Thurman. He is incredible. But I just want to point yes. out to everyone listening that 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 is so common. Everybody's like, ah, ther- therapy, it's not for me. It's not for me. But everybody, I mean, obviously you have good and bad experiences, but so many people walk away feeling just like you just described. So that's that's super cool. Yeah. Um, uh, yes. But I didn't mean to interrupt your story. No, that's okay. Um, I mean, and that's basically where it's at. I mean, right now I am um, actually uh, just stopped seeing a therapist. I'm trying to look for another one. It's a little bit hard. It's harder now, definitely, that I'm, like, working. Oh, my kid's yelling. Um, oh, yeah, by the way, I can never find a babysitter, so my kids are here. Um but yeah, I'm just trying to find someone who, I, I guess, makes me. I I really need to like really feel comfortable. Like I can open up and just say anything and just lay whatever on the table, and like it's gonna be okay. And um, I'm still kind of looking for that. I feel like it's kind of hard here. Um, North Dakota isn't like they aren't like big big on mental health here I don't feel like um so it's it's a little bit difficult I feel like to find um good therapy um I am actually I have an appointment with a clinic now and they can't get me until September 9th because they only have one provider that will take my insurance so yeah <laughs> um that's kind of how it is here where I am so I don't know I sometimes wish I could just come back to Utah again yeah so just going back a little bit, at what age or what, what part of your life did you start getting into drugs and how long did that phase last for you before you were able to realize you needed help and kind of get out of that? Um, so the very, I would say um, it started definitely when I was 18. Um, I would say like it's obviously it was always a problem. It was always an issue. Um, I kind of started to realize the issue when I, about a year later, when I was like 19. Um, and that was when I, um, I mean, I kind of, I was living with my aunt. I remember I had having to tell her, like, I, I can't live with you anymore um, because she had kids. And I was like, you know, I'm really sorry, but like, I, I'm making these decisions and they're not good to, for me to be around your kids with, like, so I need to move out. Um, and I moved out and I didn't have anywhere to live and I was living in my car and kind of just like couch surfing, crashing type deal situation. And, um, I, I 
kind of was like, you know, maybe this is not like the life for me. Like this kind of sucks. I, I like having a bed and I like having a sh- like a place to like shower and sleep and stuff. Um, and so, um, I don't know. I, I kind of thought about like, maybe this is not it, but no, like whatever, I'll stick with it. Um, and then all of a sudden I remember my sister showing up from North Dakota, my oldest sister, who unfortunately now is on, uh, in addiction of her own, but she came and she, she tried to get me to come back to North Dakota with her. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, no. And she's like, no, like you have problems, dude. Like we need to get help. And I'm like, okay, other people can see this. Like maybe it is a problem. Um, then it took me even a little bit longer after that. Uh, until I remember one night I'm driving around and um, there was this bag, this bag with, that had like just a little bit of meth down on the bottom of it. And um, on the middle of a dirt road, God knows where, Delta, Sutherland, somewhere. And I'm just in my car, putting around in the middle of the night, looking for this bag that I am never going to find, but I have to keep looking because I really want it. And I'm like, you know what, dude? Like, no, you need to pull over right now. You need to reevaluate everything that we're doing. Like, we don't have a place to live. I don't have a place to live. I'm living in my car. I don't have a job. I don't have any money. I am out here in the middle of nowhere in the middle of the night looking for something I'm never going to find in a million years. That's probably not even here anymore because of who knows what. And, um, then that's when my sister's like, Hey, here's 90 bucks. Like you better get your bucks to North Dakota. Uh, and I did. And unfortunately I relapsed not too long after that. And, um, it wasn't until I got pregnant with my son with that. I was like, okay, you know, that's, it's not really a choice anymore because it's not about me. It's about him. And, and he doesn't deserve a mom who's using and, and I haven't used wow. since. That is that's incredible that you were able to just stop like that. Kudos to you. I mean, that kind of goes Thanks. back to where we started. Like it, it's a whole new meaning for you to be a mother. Um, yeah. Yep, yeah. Congratulations. That's awesome. And I'm, I'm sorry to hear about your sister. Thank you. Um, yeah, that's, um, it's unfortunate, but I think that she's going to reach the point that we all reach eventually, hopefully. And, um realize that it's not worth it because she actually has a daughter of her own oh, cool. so yeah we wish her the best yeah. i i really hope that everything goes well there right yes in, in that type of situation what kind of advice would you give i mean um when you see a loved one going through these type of struggles and you've been there you know what it's like you know you know you know what it leads to but you can't really just go to somebody and say, you got to stop. You know, people don't take that very well. It tends to only push them a little bit further in most cases. So, so what do you do yes. in that situation? Yes. Um, you, you know what, and this isn't even advice for me, but this is advice that I always follow and give um, from another addict who I follow on social media. Um, and it is just, love them and show them that you're going to be there for them when they get clean 
and when they decide to start making better decisions because that was a really big thing in my life was like my parents already weren't like the most impressed with me when I graduated and I actually I didn't really leave their house on good terms um and I feel like it was that worry of like why should I start making better decisions? Because my family and my friends who I've pushed away aren't going to be there if I decided to come back to this. So, like, what the heck? Like, this is all I have now. So, I think, like, really showing them, like, like I love you whether you're clean, whether you're using, whether you're trying not to use, you know, whatever it is. Um, and that, you know, obviously not enabling them. Obviously not... Um, doing anything that enables them to use, but still showing them like, Hey, I'm not going to abandon you. You can still reach out to me. You can still talk to me. I'm still going to care if you have something to eat or somewhere to sleep, like just really not giving up on them and showing them that you still know that they're still a person. Like they're still human. Well, I, I really like that. And I, I like what you said, even before that you said something that I think is, is super key. And that is that, she will get to where we all get. I assume, and, and I'll, I'll, I want you to check me on this, but I assume you mean we, as in those who go through addiction, where we all get. I, I think that is super key because it seems to me from studying it, from reading books and hearing stories that everybody has this cycle, right? It's it's the vicious addiction cycle. And it's it's really not until that person says, look, I'm done with this. And unfortunately, a lot of times it's it's long time down the road when they have, you know, kind of hurt some of those relationships when when things have gone awry and, and they've even lost trust in other people. But when they decide it works. Yes. So what does that teach the family, the, the system around them? Love them. Exactly what you said. That's mm-hmm. so important. Yes. What do you plan to do to give back to that community, to give back to mental health in general, as as I know you already have been a little bit? You know, I don't know. I think that's a good question to ask myself. Um, you know, I don't know. Um, I think a lot of the big... I think a lot of like the first steps are just talking about things. Um, I think a lot of it is, first of all, like letting people they're not alone, because um, it does feel really lonely. Um, and also, I, I just think people need to really be like know how to to recognize the signs, but also. Um, I don't know how to care almost like I just feel like there's so many people who don't really even care and even now like we're in 2021 and there's people who don't believe in mental health who don't believe in therapy and and I don't know just that it's all in your head and it's crazy to me I don't know um that they just don't care at all uh I feel like I'm a very empathetic person which does have its downside but I like being able to put myself in other people's shoes because I've never come across someone where I'm like I don't I don't care about you or what you're going through 
because I can understand like it's like I could be there someday and I feel like there's so many people who forget that and I just feel like everyone needs to be reminded um just how common mental health struggles are and like just everyone needs to open up about it and then the more people who talk about it the more people realize that it is common and then the next person's going to talk about it and then the next person's going to realize okay like maybe I don't struggle with this but everybody that I know and love does so it's something that I need to care about right you know we got to be open about these things and make sure that everybody understands what it is what, what people are going through what struggles people have and how we can help with that And with that being said, um, as a mother with young kids, what are you going to do to help them grow up in an environment where they can feel open about mental health? They can feel uh, that love that you talked about. What what can you do to help the younger generation, the kids that are growing up as a as a parent? Um, You know, I think it starts really young. I think a lot, I see it even now, um, when people, people almost like question me or side eye me or like think that I am like weak or whatever, because I don't ever tell my kids like to stuff their feelings in or that what they're feeling isn't okay. Because even at three years old, like, is what my son is feeling the end of the world? No. Is it really even that big of a deal to me? No, I could care less, really. But to him, whatever he can't have or whatever it is that's upsetting him, it feels like the end of the world. It feels like the biggest, very biggest thing that could ever go wrong. And, you know, I feel like we need to to be letting our kids feel that and to feel those. Oh, I know. Um, and to feel their emotions and, and to for us to let them know, like, it's okay that you feel this way. I understand why you're upset and that you're upset. And like, I'm going to be here and we're going to, we're going to sit here and we're going to figure this out together until you feel better. And, and I, you know, I feel like, um, I'm definitely not perfect at that. I do lose my patience with my father. Of course, I, um. Even my myself sometimes forget to, like, remember that he needs to, like, feel what he's feeling and know that it's okay and that it's okay to tell me what he's feeling because I do want that open communication that I don't feel like I had with my parents. I never felt comfortable to be like, hey, like, I don't want to be here anymore because I felt like they would be like, well, that's too bad. You have to be now go to bed. And I just, I want my kids to always know that no matter what they're feeling, no matter if it's something that I think should matter, I know that if it matters to them, then I'm going to care about. I love hearing that from you because first of all, I think it's important to know how to be a good parent. And it's evident to me that you are a good parent. I mean, you're sitting here doing a podcast with us, with your, with your kids and still taking care of them. Um, and I, I admire you. I think you show a lot of strength, you know, in being, in being a single parent nonetheless. And that's so, that's so cool that you're managing that and managing a recovery and, and trying to keep up a positive mental well-being. I love that. I think that 
that is so important, especially in today's day and age. You know, it's it's too easy to say like, no, I, I can't do this. I, I can't do it. And it's okay. It's okay to be to that point as long as you have your support system, right? right. But I think that you are a hero for a lot of those people right. that are like, this sucks, you know, but you're doing a great job. Thank so, so yeah. thank you for showing me that and showing us that. Thank so. you. Yeah. Thanks. That means mm-hmm. a lot. Thanks for listening. If you liked this episode, subscribe, leave a rating and a review, or share with your friends and family to show your support. If you want to reach out to us, find us on Facebook or Instagram at Evoked Podcast.